Welcome to Berenson Bond, episode 16, with your hosts, Corey and Diego Berenson. Hello, Diego. Hi. How you doing? Good. We have a super special guest today, G.P. G.P. in the house. G.P. is in the house. In Boston. No, Austin. Thank you, G.P., for coming here. You're in town from Houston because it was Grandparents' Day yesterday, and you drove over just to see your beautiful grandchildren and spend the day at their school. And I'm very happy that you had time to come over and be with them. It totally made their day. And we're happy you're here. I just want I wanted Diego to have an opportunity to hear a little bit about when you were a kid. I want him to hear about Benton City, Washington. I would love for him to know about what it was like getting up there, what it was like working up there, what life was like when you were an eight-year-old kid, and just to hear from his GP because just so everybody knows that means that means grandpa but don't say anything it just means GP but you know he and then the trip you did up to Arkansas I would yes. love to talk more about that because I've never been on a trip with just my grandparent my grandfather grandma nothing I've never been on a trip with just my grandpa I don't know many people who have and you gave him a really unique experience that you know he'll always remember and that you were able to do that with him it's gonna mean it means a lot to me as a dad and for him i know it meant a lot so i appreciate it so but first bring us back to washington state i would love diego to know what it was like when you were going up to washington state the hard work you did so so let's start there welcome well glad to be here um First of all, let me say I was, I'm really, really happy to have made it over here. had the opportunity to come and see my grandkids on Grandparents' Day. It was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, the schools were great. Everybody was friendly. It was a good experience. Uh, growing up in Washington, boy, that's something else. Being a migrant farm worker's family. Oh, wait. Move it just a little bit that way. Okay. It was a little bit rough. Having to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go work, and then make it back to the ho- walk back to the house, take a shower, and then go catch the school bus, and then uh, well, well, uh, coming home. By that time, my mom and dad had finished working, <clears throat> but uh, it, it was I hated Saturdays and Sundays because that meant I had to work more. <laughs> and by the time we finished, cartoons were over because it was only. It was only cartoons on Saturday, not like it is nowadays. And uh, I really hated that. Didn't get to see my cartoons. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was a, it, it was a, it was a challenge. And then when I got older, I got into junior high. We had this class called study hall, and they explained to me, "Oh, you just do your homework or do whatever you want." I took advantage and I took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Study, I mean, nap hall. Nap hall. <laughs> so one thing led to another, and it wasn't right. The teacher caught on to me, and uh, one day I missed my lunch period because uh, she just let me stay there <laughs> as a lesson. So you slept through lunch? I slept through lunch. Lunch was right <laughs> after study hall. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was an experience. You, you get to appreciate life by uh, by, you know, working hard and then uh, just appreciating what you do have. But anyway, that's getting too technical. <laughs> All right, so get getting up there, what was it like? Where were you? You were in? McAllen. McAllen. Yeah, it was and a trip that took three days and two nights to get over there. And it was, it was awesome because you get to see different parts of the country, you know, the mountains. I mean, in Texas, you know, we don't have those big mountains. And then as we're driving up, you start seeing the the scenery change and of course then you see the big mountains and then driving through the mountains and like you're wondering does this road that we're on goes through the mountains no it goes over the mountains how possible but yeah and then you start seeing the different sceneries trees forests till you finally make it up to washington of course the weather's different 
because over there we have we had four seasons your winter spring summer and fall and we usually get there in early early spring which is still cool unlike here we have winter and probably about three weeks of spring and then summer <laughs> but yeah it, it, it was a it, it was great getting to see the country as we not we wouldn't stop and see all these sceneries you know like the tourist sceneries we didn't have time for that but you know at least drove through all those states so how many people drove together well in our truck it was just me my mom and my dad but then there'd be like a caravan my uncles would be in their truck and their pickups and usually about three or four cars driving together because in case something happened your know, car broke down or something it's a long trip how old were you well, we did this since my parents were doing it before I was born, and we did it all the way till I was uh, 16 years old. So you, you, but how young were you when you started? Well, well since I was born, they were doing that, taking you up there. Yeah, I remember I was so small I couldn't I couldn't work. I mean, I was too small to be working, and I'd be at the end of the field sitting in a box. <laughs> Seeing my parents go all the way to the end of the other field and then come back. So tell tell the earth what was the work? Oh, the work. Well, I started working actually when I turned nine years old. Nine years old, Diego. GP was working. Yeah, that's when I'd have to get up early in the morning and we'd go cut asparagus. Asparagus. Had to put a big old belt and carry a box on the side of... Uh, on your side and then uh, a knife with a long handle and you cut the asparagus like uh, an inch or two under under the under the ground under the dirt under the dirt yeah and you gently put it in the box and then from that box when that box got full you put it in a bigger box but you had to be careful because you didn't want to break the head on that asparagus otherwise it'd be it wouldn't have a market for it so you take the knife Stick it into the dirt, cut it, yeah. put it in the box. But then when you needed to move up, you needed to pick up the box and move it to the next well, one. Well, the box that you were putting in it was hung to that big belt that you had around your waist. So you just pull it with your body. Yeah, you have it hanging on your body. So you're, you just, every time you move, you're pulling the weight of the box. Yeah. Wow. Until yeah. it gets full and then, or it gets too heavy and then you go put it in a wooden box and that box later on was picked up and taken to the market and I'm talking later on which would be like by 10 o'clock everything was done because you know you couldn't have the asparagus out there cut in a box and then it would you know be too hot yeah and it would affect it and so they take it to the market where they kept it cool so <clears throat> so what time would you start at 4 4 at 4 30 in the morning working at 9 years old yeah till 10 in the morning yeah. And then so you would fill up the box. Then how would you get it to the other box? The, the other boxes were spread out through the field. So you'd go out there and you just you gently take the asparagus you have in your cardboard box that's hanging on your side. Okay. And put it in that wooden box. The whole You just take the whole box and set it in there? No, or you'd you, empty you have it. to em empty it out. One by one. Well, you can grab... A handful, but again, you got to be careful because you don't want to break the head of the asparagus. Because you see, you got paid by the not only by the pound, but by the quality. You got graded. Your cuts were graded as to having an inch, inch and a half of being cut underground, uh -huh. which being underground was white or light colored. You know, asparagus is green. <clears throat> so the size of the asparagus. That was another one, right? So you get you get graded, you know, by that, and then then they pay you by the pound, whatever. You know, I was so small, I don't really remember how much my parents got paid for that, but apparently it wasn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> was it always asparagus? Uh, that was just the spring. That was the spring. So yeah. you would work all spring in the asparagus, and then summertime. Towards the summer, we'd start uh, picking cherries, and. Uh, Strawberries, raspberries. And cherries are in a bush, right? No, they're in a tree. And you'd have to climb a ladder and pick the cherries and put them in a, in a little bucket that you'd have. And you fill up a little tin bucket. 
and uh, they pay you by the bucket. And you is there like a tool, or did you pick no, them like? You just pick them and, and break them off the stem. You one one by one, or just as many as like in a bunch. No, you can't do the bunch because then they'll be falling off the stem. They gotta have the stem on the cherry so they can go to market like that. So how many a time could you pick? Well, believe it or not, on the stem they could have like two cherries, and you pick two at a time. Just be real quick on each hand, right? Yeah, it was it was a challenge, and uh, also picking strawberries. First day it was good because guess what? Hey, there's strawberries. Eat as many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> so while you while you're picking them, I know those grow. Yeah, below. those grows in the ground. Yeah, but then again. <clears throat> There's dew in the morning, so they collect water and mm-hmm. out there early in the morning. Not early in the morning like asparagus, but you know, like seven o'clock, and you're getting all wet because of the dew on the on the leaves off the s- strawberries. And, uh, and that they also paid us by the pound. And raspberries, raspberries grow on a on a taller bush like grapes. Okay, but uh, they also hold. A uh, lot of uh, dew in the mornings. So, so you all, always have like a little on the raspberries. You or? have like a little gondola. You know, you fill it up and then you go pour that in a bigger square box. Yeah, and uh, then from there, that was like uh, in the northern part of Washington. Like we lived like six miles from the Canadian border, little town called Linden, Washington. Linden. Mm-hmm. Whoa! We should go check it out. Yeah. It was it was beautiful country because uh, it was lots of pine trees, real fresh, people real friendly. It was uh, well, that's the best part of summer, going up there and working up there. So you were so what would you do at night? So after work, you're done by what noon? Well, on the strawberries and <clears throat> raspberries, we'd work till about three or four o'clock. But then you know, go home, take a shower, and then play around with the rest of the kids and it was beautiful because like i said it was it seemed like we were living under under all these pine trees and it looked like a park you know there was grass everywhere and we and uh, we'd be playing like soccer or football it was really that, that was that was a rewarding part you know having other people live in there too so all the cousins <clears throat> yeah cousins and friends and people you have known for years and, yeah, and you'd meet up with other families only up there no, we kind of traveled to the same together. Kind of traveled to the same spots together. It, it was, it was, it was fun. That was the only fun part about it. <laughs> <laughs> then we traveled back to the central part of Washington, where we first started off cutting asparagus. Okay. <clears throat> and then we'd work in the processing hops, hops that make uh, you know beer malt. Yeah. Yeah. So you it also no that, that took a lot of machi- machinery and um a processing i guess you want to call it processing plant but uh it takes a lot of people to run it so there was different kind of jobs on that and uh that lasted for about uh, maybe two months and it was day and night because it was uh, just a certain window that the, that crop has to be harvested it's pretty delicate and how old were you when you're doing that uh by that time i was a teenager so i was about 15 16 so you worked spring all summer since you were nine years old yeah and then after the hops we picked grapes the purple grapes for uh welch's uh juice juice company okay um <clears throat> that one uh that was Something else, because there was always, you know, you'd pick the grapes in in this like, like tin triangle called the gondola that you is supported on your back. Okay. So you stick it underneath the grapevines and you'd be picking the grapes. Then you dump it onto a bigger box. Of course, the grapes are getting crushed, right? <clears throat> and uh, there's juice running all over, and and there's honeybees. And next thing you know, I remember we had a dog and. He'd follow us everywhere. Was this the dog named Dog? No, this way before <laughs> him. And I remember there'd be bees, you know, just buzzing around. And he'd snap at him. He would snap at the bees just to play around. And the bees would get aggravated. Of course, they wouldn't sting the dog. We were the ones getting stung in the back. 
So the dog was making them mad, and then they're biting you? Yeah, they're stinging us, so we'd always try to keep the dog at home, but he'd always make it out there to the field somehow or another. <laughs> and, uh, but it, 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 that lasted till I think, uh, late part of October, then we traveled back to Texas. Whoa. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> Why did you come back to Texas? Why did we come back to Texas in late October and we're heading back over there early part of March? But I guess my mom and my dad wanted to see their parents. My mom wanted to see her mom and my dad wanted to see his mom. You so you basically come back only to visit with family. Yeah, for a couple or of months. to be with family. And then head back. This, that was hard on school. Not yeah, well, how did because school started? You'd go to school late then. Yeah, I'd go to school and then leave but early. Even both uh, schools, like the one in Texas and the one in Washington, they we didn't have the same classes going on at the same time. So I'd had to pick up wherever they were. So I was most of the time dragging behind. Did they give you like special? I guess not. I guess permission because you were, they knew you guys were working the fields to be coming in late and leaving the school year early. Uh, Any kind of no leeway, or did they say, "Oh, you, oh, you're back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did they how did they move you up grades if you missed well, a couple I, months? Well, I'd, I'd go. I mean, I was. They take credit for the school, uh, the classes I took during the winter time in in Texas. So, and it did a lot of, it was a pretty hard, you know, it wasn't easy. It was pretty hard to catch up and, yeah, and I bet. I get, mean, good, get enough grades to pass grades. I mean, to pass classes. That had to be really hard. Yeah, it was, but it was manageable, you know, that and, and trying to sleep. <laughs> so where did you guys live when you're up there? We lived in a little town called uh, Grandview, Washington. And then we lived there for years, and then we moved. And it was fun because my cousin lived there, you know, my mom's brother and his family mm-hmm. and some other families. It was a pretty good-sized camp, if you want to call it that. The farmer we worked for, he provided us the housing. So, But then one year we moved to a little town called Benton City, Washington. And uh, out there we were the only family, so that was pretty rough because I was the only kid there. I mean, we were the only family there. It was a small farm. The guy that we worked for, a farmer, he he was just starting up. What were you doing there? Same thing, cutting asparagus. The only good thing about that is, even though I was by myself, we lived right by a river, the Yakima River. And that was fun, fishing. But again, by myself. (laughs) You imagine I I was like nine or ten, and my dad would, my dad had a twenty two rifle and he he trusted me to go out to the river and be shooting the rifle. <laughs> Isn't that the one? You shot one. On the farm. Yeah, but not that one. Not a twenty two? Do you remember the name of it? No. Was it a rifle? I don't think so. Was it long? Mm, not really. Kinda. Things were a lot different back then. But, eh, um, it's funny how time flies by. It does. So when did you say, or when was the last year you, when, what was the decision to not go back there? How Were you old enough to say, okay, I'm going to get a different job in Texas and I don't want to go back there? Or it was, how did uh, it change from doing that work to, okay, I'm done? It was a... Uh, it was uh, 1976, yeah, 76, and in, in, uh, we came back from Washington, and my dad said, this is it, we're not traveling anymore. I think he felt tired, and he said, we're going to make a living here in Texas and stay here. So that was the last year we went, and I was surprised. I thought that was going to go on forever. <laughs> Did anybody else keep going? Um, I'm sure there's still people doing that, but as far as our relatives, they, my cousin wound up staying, my uncle stayed up there in Washington. They bought a place up there and they stayed up there. They, uh, they didn't come back. So my cousin and I, we kind of grew up together and from little kids up to when I was 16 and then, uh, 
after that, there was a 20-year gap that we didn't see each other. We called call each other, but we didn't see each other until 20 years later. And it was it was something else. I was really happy to see him. Now we stay in touch, and we try to visit each other at least once a year. It's a lot of, you know, now we're married, have kids, family. I mean, you guys spent... 15 straight years together yeah before always, that always together every day because we're about the same age i think he was like a year and a half older than me yeah but we went through a lot you know teenagers school high school it was it was good a lot of memories we have together yeah <clears throat> but um yeah 1976 was the last year my dad said hey we're not going back so all right so, got so what what did you guys do after that? I got me a, a job at uh, Auto Parts. Okay. Auto Parts. So a friend of mine, uh, he said, he knew me since I was a little kid. He said, hey, uh, we need a driver to go deliver parts. So, hey, I'm your guy. I can drive. <laughs> <laughs> so. <clears throat> and you're what, 16, 15? 16. And then I started working there. and uh, I worked there till I. Uh, I was dating this girl, which now is my wife, and we had plans on getting married, believe it or not, at that age. Whoa. So uh, I was 17 by then, and I said, well, <clears throat> I need a better job than this. So that's what led me to move into Houston, find a job. Her brother lived there, and he found me a job out there. That's how we got started. That's how I moved to a Houston area. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because you wanted to provide better for your to be wife. Yeah, which well, became Nema. Nema. I just wanted to make enough money to have a decent wedding and uh, provide for her. And I guess we were blessed. I was able to always have a job and do that. Did she? She work in the fields too, or no? Yes, but. Uh, they worked somewhere else. I think they worked in uh, Minnesota, I believe. Yeah, they did the sugar beets. They also went to California. Oh yeah, and they did go to Washington, but not as often as we did because they traveled in the summertime. Oh, oh, so they did it only when school was out. Exactly, only okay. when school was out. So they they took advantage of the summer. Did she start as young as you too? I'm not sure know. on that. I'm not sure. I need to ask her. Let me call her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh they at least they were ten kids, so I'm sure they, they had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's rough being an only kid. But anyway. Yeah, that's 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 how it all got started. Moved over to Houston and got a job and I told my wife, Hey, uh, let's have a, let's start a family. And we did. Let's make some people. Yeah, let's make some little people. <laughs> I love little kids. <clears throat> and that's why GP is no stranger to hard work. Oh, yeah. That's why he really appreciates work ethic. Yeah. He worked a full-time job since he was your age. You want to go to work full-time <laughs> for eight months a year? And go to school. And go to school? Yeah. Can you imagine? No cartoons is the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> There's the only cartoons on Saturday, and he has to work on Saturday. What was your day off? No. There is no days off. No, it's every day. No, there's seven days a week? Right. Because uh, the crop grows. So you got to get it while yeah, it's... Yeah, get it while it's growing, because it's only a seasonal, right? So that's every day. Seven days a week. Mm-hmm. The whole time you were up there, well, except like, or you mean during uh, during the asparagus season? Uh, so just asparagus was yeah. seven days, and then there might be a break a week or something like that when we move over to to Linden, Washington, go pick strawberries and raspberries because you could pick those during the day. Yeah, but then again, that was every day too because it's crops and seasonal. If you leave the crop on the ground too long, it'll rot. You know? So you need to get it. You got to get it market. Yeah. Wow. And the hops is the same way because it's seasonal. It's real delicate, and it's got to be that certain window. So how do how do you feel when you go to the grocery store now, knowing 
how actually hard it is for we just stroll into the store and we're like oh here's all the bounty of fruits and vegetables i'm just go boom got that boom throw it in my cart but ring it up no big deal i did nothing i just walked in i my hardest effort was to swipe a two ounce plastic cart right and then you know like we take it for granted like people work all this back-breaking work and we just stroll in grab it Hello, thank you. It just appears in HEB. You know, um, funny you say that because <clears throat> I'm with my wife and we're grocery shopping, right? And I see like the asparagus. Uh-huh. First thing I go look, it's got that little tag that says where the, where it was, what com- where the company's <laughs> you still from. Check that? And I'm like, uh, okay, see the California, Mexico, or Washington, right? And I'm like, oh, I know that company, you know? Wow. And, uh, I, even when I, my wife and I took that trip to Hawaii, went to the grocery store to go buy some supplies and food and all that, and they had asparagus there. I'm like, where did this asparagus come from? And it was from Mexico, right? But yeah. uh, at that cherries, apples, all that, you know, um, first thing I look at is, wow, where was this harvested at? You know, where was this picked at? And I don't know. It's just... I, did, like, what feeling do you, does it give you a sense of... Like if it says Washington, does this give you like pride? Like, hey, I I did this when I was a I kid. Did this. Yeah, wow. people still doing this, unless they have machinery. But <clears throat> I don't see that happening because that asparagus is very delicate, you know. But uh, yeah, that's the first thing I go do. I go look at that. Wow, where did this come from? Look at the boxes, you know, Washington apples. Oh yeah, you know, or cherry apples. I mean, cherry uh, cherries from Washington. <clears throat> yes, even in Houston they have that uh, Budweiser uh, brewery, uh-huh. and sometimes you drive by it at a certain time of the morning, and you can smell the hops as they're, you know, their process of making beer. But right, but I can smell the hops, and that smell people be like, "Ooh, this doesn't smell too good." And I'm like, I remember smelling that when I was a kid working on the hops. <laughs> yes, it brings memories. Yeah. Yes, but it's, I'm glad it's all in the past. <laughs> I'm sure there's still people doing that, and I feel for them, but hey, you know, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. But like I said, uh, it's just great uh, to uh, appreciate, you know, what you have and or where we're at and how I got here. You know, it's like here in Austin. I'm here in Austin. You know, I never thought. Never been to Austin before, other than here because of you guys, right? So, who would have ever thought? And you know, I'd be traveling to visit my grandkids. It's it's a great feeling, family. The familia. Oh yeah, yeah. Diego, do you have any questions so far? One. You have one. Yeah. Let's hear it. What's your What was your first car? Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, say that louder. What was your first car? <laughs> Tell us what was your first car. Here we go. Boom. I was waiting for this. My first car, my first <laughs> very own car, which I bought when I was 16 years old. So, this is right after you're done with the field work. Actually, I bought it when we were up there in Washington. You bought it in Washington? Yes. Oh, okay. It's a 1969 Dodge Super B. And uh, I bought it in the state of Washington. It cost a whole lot of money back then. A thousand five hundred. A thousand five hundred dollars for a whole supercharged muscle car. Get out of here. And it was only seven years old. My father gave me fifty dollars for a down payment. Fifty dollars. And co-signed. And I made the rest of the payments. Did he seem nervous doing it or do he was fully confident because you've been working since you were a kid he's like oh you got this actually he didn't like the car because the salesman said i could take it for a test drive and he told me just do what you want to do with it this car can handle it and i did and my dad kind of got upset he said you don't mistreat a car like that when it's not even yours wait so you took it for a test drive and yeah 
And did some did, burnouts. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. You did burnouts on the test drive? Uh, yeah, the, the salesman, he told me what's, what road to go on. We lived out in the country. He said, take this road over there and this and that. And that's, go a do good, a, that's a good salesman. Yeah, so go do some burnouts. <laughs> this car can handle it. Anyway, <clears throat> my dad said, no, it's too much of a car. Too powerful. Yeah, you're just a kid. But an uncle of mine kind of convinced him. He said, look, it's a good kid. You know, he's never been in trouble. He, he's he's uh, well-mannered, polite. I mean, what else can you ask for? Give him the car. So my dad gave me the $50 in his signature for me to, to finance the car. And uh, I treasure that car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, man. And my dad. So, so it was a fresh paint, fresh plum, crazy purple no, paint job? No, it was a factory. Uh, no, it had been repainted maroon from red. They went to maroon. And um, funny is, I have a cousin of mine that's older than I am, and he knew the original owner of that car. Oh, really? Yeah, up in Washington. It's another cousin of mine. He's he's a way older guy. But anyway, <clears throat> so we had the car, and uh, uh, my father, I remember telling me, he said, he said, if you didn't have friends, now you're going to have a lot of friends with this car. But just remember who your true friends are. And he was right. Just because I had the car, everybody wanted to be my friend. <laughs> take me here. Take me there. I said, I, I can't. You know, I got other things to do. And my friends that were my friends before I had the car, those are the ones that we, you know, hung around together. But he was right. You know, people try to take advantage of you now because you have a car. You know, now, all of a sudden, now you're cool. Yeah, now you're cool. Now everybody is your friend, you know. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, that car was pretty good. It brought it all the way from Texas, from Washington to Texas. And uh, ate up a lot of gas on the way. And uh, it, it held its reputation. It held its reputation in, in over here in McAllen in, in Texas. It was... It's a pretty good car, and <clears throat> needless to say, I still have it. Right, so, so you. But before we get there, mm-hmm. you took Nema in the past. This was some girl that you were gonna marry mm-hmm. in that same Super B. Yeah, funny thing about it, I, I was uh, taking her to graduation, her graduation, uh-huh. in my car. And I had the promise ring hanging off the visor. And oh wait, tell, tell Diego what a promise ring is. Promise ring is where you, you know, there's a wedding wedding set, right? <laughs> and the first ring is two rings. One ring is the promise ring. You promise, you know, you're gonna get married and this and that. And then the second ring is when you actually do get married. Uh. <clears throat> so we're driving. I'm taking her to her her graduation, and uh, I have the wedding ring, I mean the promise ring, on the visor, the one that you flip down to cover the sun, you know, to block the sun when you're driving. So I'll drive a little fast, cross some railroad tracks, and the ring fell from the visor onto her lap. (laughs) She said, what is this? I said, well, this is a promise ring. So the car actually helped me give her the promise ring. <laughs> but anyway, we've had that car since uh, <clears throat> since uh, way before we were married. In fact, Diego, I brought your, I brought my wife and I, your nama. We had a little baby, little baby girl. Brought her home from the hospital in that car. Brought her home to our house in that car. That'd be your mom. We brought your mom home from the hospital when she was a baby in that car. Uh, no car seat. <laughs> no seat belts. But that was then. <laughs> you just hold you just hold the baby. Yeah, just hold the baby. <clears throat> so till we got home, but uh it's just you know, one of those things. A lot of memories in that car. So your so that car sits in your garage right now and it was your very first car. Yes, a garage I had built for the car. 
believe it or not. <laughs> and the car sits in there, purple. Painted a plum crazy purple. Which, when I was building it, <clears throat> I remember somebody telling me that the car would be worth more if it was original. Because that's not an original paint. That's a 1970 paint. Paint. And the color came out in 1970. And my car's a 69. So there's no way it could have been plum crazy purple. Yeah, but it wouldn't look as awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I told the guy <clears throat> that was questioning me that. I said, well, you may be right. It may be worth more if it was back to original specs. But one, it's my car. And two, it'll never be sold. I'm just going to hand it down. Maybe to Diego. Maybe. Diego Maybe. Gets, yeah, burn some rubber on that. That's how you take it for a test drive. Yeah. Do some burnouts. Burnouts. Donuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, anyway, that's what life's all about, family. Yeah. What do you think, Diego? Cool. Cool, right? Yeah. So... The next thing, so Diego did a project in class, so they had some discussions. They do community discussions mm-hmm. every Friday? Thursday. Thursday. They get they all sit together. Oh, tell us about community before I ask the question. So tell them what it is, and then I'll tell them what you guys are so, talking about. First of all, it's a different school than most schools are. I know some schools, like most schools all face the teacher, and the teacher has a chalkboard instead of like a whiteboard and stuff oh mine art cheers are like separate everywhere and instead of like a person like a one person desk it's like we have these a lot of table numbers so like there's an individual table and then like some two people tables and like one four person table um, but we're all spread it out facing different directions. But instead of the teacher just talking, we have this bell and it means like, stop what you're doing. Uh, but anyways, we have, like, you can do works on the ground. So like we have this big blue rug that we just come to circle. And then at first, uh, we do, uh, community meeting which is like um conversations or discussions about things that are happening or something something that we like don't like or anything and then after that we do like shares and stuff so so in in one of these community talks they'll be able to say what your concerns are mm-hmm. so if they certain kids have concerns or questions just whatever's in their own mind right they get to throw that out there and then collectively they he they get to hear thoughts of what everybody thinks about their thing they're worried about or what what's on their mind and i was thinking like man i have never ever i i've rarely even been to jobs where they give you a chance to do that mm-hmm. right so every week your voice gets to be heard and then, uh, then recently they had a meeting where they started to do their backgrounds. And some of their work was, hey, where, where are you from? Where are your families from? Um, the whole, who are you? What are you? Initial questions, right? Right. And so I'm telling Diego, okay, well, you're Mexican and German and you're Mexican what is it what does it mean you know so I wanted him to hear from you like what does it mean to be Mexican um like me yeah my lineage you know my grandparents grandparents might have moved here but I don't feel German I don't listen to German music I don't eat German food I don't really know anything about Germany other than Uncle Kenneth lives there. I eat Mexican food. I listen to Spanish music. I've been to Mexico a lot. I've spent more time with people down there. Mm -hmm. Culturally, I'm more on that side. And so for him to know just his past, like, you know, what what does it mean to you? You know, that sense of pride. 
and it's on a fence, right? So you you're American, obviously you've been here your whole life. You're American, but you're Mexican, and and what does that mean to you? And for him to know, hey, should it mean anything? I think so. You know. Well, let me start by saying this. <clears throat> you know, uh, being Mexican and being that I uh, was a migrant farm worker, we got to meet lots of people from different parts of the of this country. As we traveled and as we worked up, up north, uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, it depends when I was a little kid. It depended on where I was as to as to how you were treated for you know for just being Mexican. When we were in back home in McAllen, here in Texas, it didn't come across that oh you're Mexican because we all lived together, everybody lived around there, everybody was Mexican, right? Now going up north <clears throat> in Grandview, there was up in Washington, there was a uh, it was a lot of Mexican people, but you know, we all most of the Mexican people who worked in the, in the fields and uh, up in Linden, <clears throat> people were so friendly up there, and it was just like a vacation working up there. It was people were really nice too. Uh, but as, as far as uh, well, I can't really say that uh, you know, I was uh you know, talk down. But, uh, yeah, being a Mexican, all I can say is this. What I'm trying to say is, hey, I am proud that we are on the rise. You know, you see Mexican people and there are politicians. Wow, I've never seen that. I see them on TV, you know, not local TV, nationwide TV, uh, TV, uh, movie stars, you know, you know, and, and it's great that the opportunities are there for just everybody. And and we're taking advantage by knowing that, hey, the opportunities are there. They've always been there. All we got to do is just take advantage of it. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think we've come a long ways. But being Mexican, it... It's it's hard to to describe because, you know, you look at you look at the United States and being American, you have, you know, your background from different parts of the world, right? So do Mexicans, you know, but people don't realize it. They just say, "Oh, Mexican, you're from Mexico," but bloodline comes from, you know, uh, Spaniards, uh, even Asians that live over there, you know. So Mexicans are really a mixed, mixed, uh, mixed bloodline, really big. But it, you know, I, I'm just proud of my family. You know, I mean, and we have look, you Diego, you are Mexican, right? And your dad is from German descent. So wow, you know, you're you're special. You know, I mean, you have that bloodline that basically not every kid has. So does Sophia. Look at your cousin, uh, Sanaya. You know, her dad is Mexican. Uh, her mom is Vietnamese. So there's another bloodline there that's, you know, real unique. But regardless, I'm, I'm just proud of my family. I really am. I love my grandkids. Somebody told me a long time ago, you'll love your grandkids more than you love your kids. I'm like, oh, really? How can that be? Well, I'm not saying that, but man, I sure love the heck out of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's a, a comedian, you know, my favorite comedian, Dave Chappelle, said that, you know, when you you get together with your wife or husband, you, you know, you get to experience love in a different way than your family love you know from your parents and then you have kids it increases your capacity for love mm -hmm. right then when your kids have kids my question is like you thought like when you have kids you thought you didn't know you were capable of that much love and then you have grandkids does it 
does it do the same move in that way where you you thought you're now capable of loving this to this amount and then not, and now it's even greater yeah it, it's it's where not, you think like i i can't love anymore <laughs> well let's take it real basic when we had yeah, when we had your mom, she was a baby, and then we were gonna have another baby, which is now your your uh, banino. Um, I thought to myself, how can I love another baby as much as I love my first baby? Yeah, because the first one's cool. I don't know about yeah. the second one, but <clears throat> but anyway, I mean, it's just it just is, you know. You yeah. just love them as much as as the first one, and, and as they come along, you keep loving them, right? Your love just grows. But then when the grandkids come around, like you, Diego, you know, it reminds us, I guess this is what it is. It reminds us as we see them of our children when they were little. So we love them as our children. We love them as our grandchildren. And it was just, it's just unexplainable. It's just so much love, you know. I mean, it, it is an awesome feeling. They have family. And then top that off, seeing them and I see them as, again, being an only child, right, in my family. I have no brothers and sisters. I see them and I see, wow, that's my bloodline there. You know, that's my family growing. You know, one day when I'm not around, I know they'll be around. And it'll just keep on going. That's that's awesome. Awesome feeling. Knowing that they're in this world on account of me and my wife got together, right? Got married, had family. And then you guys got together and had family and so on and so on. And now you're sitting here talking to this crazy Caucasian right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. So, Diego, like like in the beginning, I was saying, you got to go on a trip with your GP. He took you out of state on a trip. I've got three grandpas. I've never been on a journey with any of them like that. One grandfather, he took me fishing on the family farm. So I get to spend, you know times with him fishing and that was special you know but what was it like for you going on a long drive to go dig for diamonds Mm -hmm. with your gp you know diego were you there i saw a picture (laughs) Diego, it was fun taking you guys and the following year i was gonna do it again because we said we were going to go camping this time. But I had to work. Unfortunately, my schedule didn't allow it. <clears throat> and then uh, this year, you and Christian had different spring breaks. He didn't have them at the same time. We'll have to figure out something else. But it was great taking them. You know, it was an eight-hour drive. But it, it, it was good. I mean, they slept. They woke up. They were playing with each other. You know, him and Christian get along real good. Mm-hmm. Always, always having something to play with. And then uh, when we get out there, there's it's about a hundred acres. You got to picture this: about a hundred acres open land, and you can go anywhere over there and start digging. So I took these two boys and I sat one in one spot, maybe about ten yards away. I sat the other one. Okay, guys, start digging. You know whatever you think is shiny, and you know we'll look at it. And whatever pretty rocks you find, you know. Well, it was in about five minutes. They were like side by side. And these guys had real shovels, real little military style shovels. Okay, the short ones? Yes. And I thought, oh, these guys are going to hurt themselves. Please. That was my job, (laughs) separating them. They just somehow kept working their way and they were like right next to each other. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to get hurt. So, but uh, we took tools, but we weren't really as prepared. We didn't know exactly what to look for because the following, following weekend, some boy went in there with his parents and didn't take him about five minutes he found something that's called a, a brown diamond never heard of it of course he might have been looking knowing what he was looking for right and christian's response was oh i was throwing those rocks left and right you know i said sure right <laughs> he was throwing diamonds down ah, there's another one but it's not the right color right so uh, our plan is to go back Diego. We got to go back. This time we'll probably go camping there, you know, and uh, go look for the real diamonds. Find some diamonds out there. Yeah. And, it, and it's fun. It's fun seeing these kids, you know, they get all dirty and muddy and walking on water. And 
<laughs> it was it was fun. It was fun seeing him. And then we we had a little fun too. Remember that night we drove back to Texarkana. We had we ate out there and went to the movies. You remember we spent the night. In, I mean, spent the night in, uh, in Texarkana. Texarkana. What movie did you see? The Lego. Lego movie. The Lego with Batman and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Kids had a lot of fun. It was great. I felt I felt good. I felt proud of taking my boys. You know. And something like that, and I can see me doing that later on when maybe they, uh, they're older. Which I hope they still want to let me do that with them. You know, take them out there somewhere. And then again, they may be like, "Ah, oh, Grandpa, you're too old. <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep up with us. <laughs> Stay home." <laughs> nah, they'll take you. They go do some burnouts. Oh, yeah, do some burnouts. Yeah, so. I, all I could say is that, uh, man, I'm just blessed. I tell my wife that uh, just about every day. You know, we have after our meal, and you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I tell my wife, yeah, we're blessed, you know. We're blessed with what we have, especially family. Yeah, I love the idea that, you know, family's growing. And I was telling your mom, Diego, I wish, like, in the movies, they show these little kids playing around and then, Five minutes later into the movies, they show them all grown up. I wish I could do that. I wish I could just close my eyes and wake up and see these, your kids, all our grandkids, you know, grown. Maybe not grown, but teenagers, high school or something like that. See when they're starting to come into their own. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But that'd be cheating in life because there's a lot of <laughs> you would miss all the good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. There's a lot of stuff to experience and go through. Like last night. I love nights like that. You guys are all pretty small between ages 2 and 11, right? 12. 12. 2 and 12. 12. All the kids out here on the street, all hanging out, parents hanging out, bonding, being outside. That's like my favorite nights. And, you know, doing, you know, doing this, like, like you see your kids grown and then I got grandkids. Yeah. And, you know, time drifts away, right? I'm like, I love this kid so much. I want him around. I'm like, what can I do? So this, that's all room for some reason starting to do this. It cements his memory of the conversations. So this is cool because you could tell, you know, something right now to eight-year-old Diego, but. Whatever you want to say, he can listen to this forever, right? Right. If there's something you want to tell uh, 18-year-old Diego or 28-year-old Diego or 38-year-old Diego, would it even be any different what you would tell him now? You know? Which is, like, that's the trippy part. I My one grandfather told me some stories, you know, I was, what, 34-ish? That's the first time he ever really opened up and talked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, where, where you been in the last 34 years? Talk to me, man. So I love, I love the bond and connection you have with the kids. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, I think it's cool. But again, it goes to back to, you know, when I was telling my wife, hey, let's start a family, you know, because I, I, I had, I guess being the only kid, I had, I wanted to experience that, you know. Not having brothers and sisters, but having family, you know, being a bigger family, you know. Because you get to be a kid again. It's the best. Yeah, and you, you get to try and, you know, of course you're going to uh, correct them from right and wrong, <clears throat> but still you want to have fun, you know, see them growing up. That means Super B, not Ultima. That's right and wrong, okay? <laughs> but yeah, but grandkids, you know, I mean, what can you say? One day you'll experience that and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll be like, oh. Yeah, I remember GP said that, and because he was once told that, and yeah, it is what it is. You know, you love your kids so much, but when the grandkids come, you're not gonna love your kids less. But you remember when your kids were little, mm-hmm. you feel that love, you know, <laughs> that affection that you don't get anymore from them. Like right now, he could probably go stand behind you and rub your head or pull your ears, you know, or, or Sophia, you know, she's still little, she can cuddle up on you and all that. Later on, she'll be grown. All that is gone. 
But then her kids come along and they do the same thing. You remember, oh, yeah, I remember this, you know, the feelings, you know. It's it's just family. It's great. That's why I tell them all the time. Like, that's my favorite part about it is <clears throat> every day you get so much, you know, hugs and wrestling and, you know, there's a lot of contact. You know, like you said, that just, it goes away and it's weird. Like, where where does it go? Yeah. Yeah. Where does it go? So right now, Diego jumps from behind and neck chokes me. He'll jump, grab my neck, try and choke me out by surprise. Why do you do that? He's trying to see if he can knock me down, but it's cool. And one day, Diego will be grown and he'll be like, ah, I don't want to hurt my dad. Yeah, I might break my dad in half. Sorry, so sorry, pops. That. I'll break your weak neck. All that is all with dad. I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> yeah, I tell him that's why I exercise because he's trying to break my neck every day. So I got to keep my strength up. And the kids grow. His kid, he's got a strong punch and a strong kick. You know, Christian's uh, door uh-huh. in his bedroom door. It's got all the markings of the kids, and you just stand there and look at it, and like, wow, they grew that grown that much, and they're still growing. Still growing. <clears throat> yeah. You know, this uh, <clears throat> high-tech, what's this called? Uh, podcast. Podcast. Basically, it's just the new name of a recorded. Re- recorded mic conversation. Right. You know, talk radio used to be like, ah, uh, who listens to talk radio, right? That's boring. No, it's the coolest thing ever. Humans have been learning things from each other for the last 100,000 years. Yeah. For sure in the last 12, that, like, Verbal communication is where we learned and retained everything. Mm-hmm. It's the most original and ingrained way of us to learn from each other is sitting together and talking. Yeah. So this is why podcasts, which is just recorded conversations, is huge because we learn from listening better than any other way. And not just fast paced like, let me say this, record, boo, it's the actual pace of a real conversation. Right. That's why people listen to these things. And 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 I did, you know, listen for four years straight. And I'm like, okay, just because I listen to him doesn't mean I'll be good at it. But I do notice it feels important. You know, all of a sudden we could be, we talk like this all the time, but all of a sudden, because these are here, yeah, it's like, oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> It, it you know it it sets it apart from every other conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, what I was gonna say is, uh, you know, it's cool. It's 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 modern tech and all, but even um, <clears throat> I'm gonna jump around here. But pictures, you know, uh, it used to be you go to uh, somebody's house and they had a book, a photo album, photo album. What's this a record with? photographs no it's a book that has pictures right and some people would take it and and put them in order oh this when he was little and this is when he got older you know and that was cool and then came video you know oh now you can record a conversation video you know talk to people or or record whatever your kids are doing and then now this man this is so mine high-tech stuff, you know, being able to answer a phone on your watch and all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought all that? <clears throat> but, uh, you know, all this is great, and you need to take advantage of it because even when uh, my dad was alive, uh, he'd tell me stories. And and usually, you know, I saw him pretty often towards, towards you know, in his older years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd tell me the same story, but I, I'd listen to it the same, you know, like if it was the first time I heard it. <clears throat> but I do regret not recording him. I wanted to record him, you know, audio or video or something, you know, just so I could have it. But back then, <clears throat> I, I mean, I had the way, but I just didn't take the opportunity, right? I didn't take advantage of the opportunity to have done that. But, uh, you know, it, it's in my mind and in my heart, so I can go over and over it, you know. But that's just me, you know. I mean, I can close my eyes and remember him and see picture him talking to me you know and and uh, uh i'll always treasure that mm-hmm. but i can't share it i can't tell diego this was your great grandpa 
and look at the things he used to tell me, you know. He's talking about Grandpa Cowboy. Yeah, about his life adventures, you know, about what he went through when he was a little kid. I mean, now it'll be me telling you, but it would have been great for him to have heard it or seen it, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Now it's just captured in within me. That's it, you know. I mean, like I said, I can live it over and over, but I wish I could have shared it, you know, him personally, my grandchildren personally seeing him or hearing him. Right. That would have been something different, you know. Because, uh, <clears throat> like you said, it's something, it's better when you hear it from the actual person other than somebody telling a story. It's like, ah, uh, here we go, another story. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> but yeah, I wish I had taken that advantage. So this is cool. This is cool that you're doing this, you know. Yeah, it's been fun. I, mean, I just, you know, you never know. One day, you know, these these kids might, hey, what's this about episode? What is it? Sixteen. Sixteen. Hey, what's this episode? Back 16 in the day, about? we had sixteen. I told him, <clears throat> hopefully, we can just do this all the time. Whatever he's interested in or into, we'll bring people in. I'm, you know, obviously into health related things, but yeah. he's got his own interests. He's got his own mind. Whatever he's into, we'll. Bring people in. And I want them to know we can learn from anybody. Everybody's got a story. You can learn something from everybody. Yeah. You know, one of one of the notes I have on episode. I was trying to count how many jobs I've had. I it's like in the thirties, yeah. something crazy. So the job isn't me. I'm always me, right? Right. I don't want him to know. Oh well, I learned from people in every single spot. And there was something cool doing every types of different work. So I don't know what he's going to end up doing, but I want him to know you can that talking to people and listening to people is going to be the base root skill forever. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you just got to remember there's all kind of people out there and you're going to go through a lot of different adventures in life, you know, and. And uh, as our us as parents, you know, we have that small window. I call it small window from, say, age twelve when they really, really, really ha- make decisions of what's right and wrong to the age eighteen when they finish school and leave to college. Mm-hmm. That's a small window there. Yeah, it is. That's a small window that we have as parents to teach our children right and wrong, teach them uh, how to be street smart. You know, because uh, it's a different world out there. You know. And uh, they'll be out there on their own, making their own decisions. And we just hope and pray that they make the right ones. That's right. Remember, Diego, Bugatti, not Ford Fiesta. (laughs) These are big decisions. All I can tell Diego is this. When you get out in the real, real real world, remember, nothing's free. Nothing's free in this world. There's always something behind it. If it's free, it ain't right. (laughs) <laughs> time you got two two forms of value time or money yeah. and time is always worth more but you know what you right now you're a little kid enjoy life have fun every day have fun with your parents your sister yeah you hear that have friends. fun smile when you see me every time I love you dad <laughs> Yeah, don't be afraid to tell your dad or your mom how much you love him. Believe me, it means a lot. So believe it or not, you've been talking for one hour and five minutes. Dang. We only just skimmed the surface. Just getting started. Yeah. Next order of business, Diego, what's your second question? Come on. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you doing this. We'll do it again sometime. We got that. We plan to do this every couple weeks, forever. Right. As long as long as long as he'll he'll roll, I'll probably keep doing it no matter what. But I want him to be here all the time. I want to talk. Oh, I'd love to talk with your bee friend because of how much honey we eat. Oh yeah, your beekeeper friend. Yeah. That would be cool. And I want to go check out his farm. Let Diego see all the bees. Yeah. Get stung a couple times. That will be fun, right? Mm-mm. Why not? Tell GP about when you got stung by the bee. 
Oh, that's school. So when I was in second grade last year, um, we're, I have this thing that's like every Wednesday. And um, at this time, it was just art, no music on Wednesday. Um, so like I had this thing where I'd meet up with like another classroom on this like picnic table in the middle of three classrooms. Uh, and we would just meet there, like spelling words and stuff. And then this one time a bee was swarming around, I tried to like scoot away, it wouldn't work. And then it just stung me on the eyelid. Which eyelid? Uh, this one. Wow. One tear came out? No. Ten tears? Me. <laughs> yeah, I know the hurts. Yeah. It's funny how that little insect, you know, how they pollinate all this, uh, all the plants. Mm. I think there's some kind of problem going on now that there's, they're saying there's not enough bees going around to pollinate all the crops up north. That's right. So they... They're driving them around. They drive them to the fields. Yes. Yeah. They drive those uh, those bees. Did Were bees around you guys when you were on the fields? Oh, yeah. I remember one time we were picking raspberries, and the guy, the farmer we worked for, he, he went and told everybody, hey, this afternoon, we're moving the bees to another field. He says, and uh, you'll see a swarm of bees. Do not throw, you know, being kids, hey, let's throw some rocks or Dirt clods or something, you know. He says, do not, do not bother them. He said, you just, just see them fly by. Well, we're trying to imagine, how are you moving bees? And we actually saw it. He had like a big box where the bees live. And the queen was in the, in the box. And I don't know how he put it in the back of the pickup, you know, but he got on there and he was driving real slow, you know, on the dirt road Mm -hmm. from one field to another. And all of a sudden, you know, we're picking raspberries, and then, you know, you hear, like, a different sound, humming, you know, buzzing. And you look around, and, man, it was, it almost looked like a big cloud. I might be exaggerating, but it's, you know, I mean, you know how the bees just blocked the sun. Whoa. As they, were, as they were coming by following the pickup. Just a huge swarm. Swarm, yeah. Whoa. Huge swarm. And we're like, wow. They moved it from one field to another. Yeah, no, I saw that, and it was it was pretty amazing. You didn't get bit? No, no, they all stayed. You know, just they were just following. They were like in one mission. Hey, where's our queen going? And we got to follow the queen. It was it was an experience. It was something I'd never seen before. <laughs> Probably never see again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Diego, be a kid, have fun every day, don't stress. You know, life is full of surprises, good ones and bad ones, but hey, mostly good ones. Just listen to what your parents say and and uh, they'll guide you in the right way. I'll try. <laughs> well, thank you. Tell GP thank you. Thank you. It was great. It was a pleasure being here. It's an experience. Yeah, next time we need to have like some water here or something. Oh, you need some water? No, we don't do water. <laughs> All right, everybody, what do you say at the end of this thing, Diego? Mm, nothing. Come on. I don't say anything. All right, y'all know what to do. You know how to be healthy. You already know what to do. Go ahead and do that. Be healthy, y'all.